Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. When it comes down to it, what are we at our core? We are North American Waterfowl. Hello and welcome to another episode of the North American Waterfowler Podcast. My name is Elliot, your host here, and I appreciate you tuning in. If you like the North American Waterfowler Podcast, I would ask that you just give me a review and rating if you're on iTunes or wherever that is and tell your friends about this podcast. It is growing. I'm really happy with the number of people that are listening to it, but I would like to spread it farther wider audience. So if you enjoy this podcast, make sure that you share it in any way that you can, whether it's a social media post or word of mouth or however it is that you want to do it. That would be great. Today, we have a really exciting special podcast, and I've got a couple of guests I'm really excited to listen to, to talk to. And I'm going to get to them in a second and bring them on here. The theme today, we've got four questions at least four that we're going to be addressing today. Now, once I have these guys on here, I'm going to really set the stage to what I brought about this podcast. But there was a firestorm going on on the refuge forums. And um, around one of the podcasts I did, and it turned into a hate fest on YouTubers non-residents hunting the state of Kansas, those issues. So I'll get into that a little bit more detail in a little bit. Here are the four questions that we're going to be looking at. Number one, are YouTube waterfowl content creators positive or negative for the waterfowl community? Two, is social media positive or negative for the waterfowl hunting community? Three, is it appropriate for waterfowl hunters to be so upset about others wanting to share pictures of their hunts on social media? And number four, how does posting videos from public grounds affect pressure on those exact locations? And some of those are kind of similar, but the, that's kind of the gist of what we're going to be talking to today. Really excited. So the two people I'm having on here as kind of a panel is Titus from Mid Valley Mercenaries. You probably know him from his YouTube channel and probably know him from the MVM show, his really successful podcast. Titus has been on here a lot. He's been a contributor. I've been on his podcast a lot. Good friends. And um, so I'm excited to have him on. And the other one I'm having on is Jake from Chasing Green. He is a lifetime Arkansas waterfowl hunter and has his own YouTube channel. So it's a 
it's a panel of dedicated lifetime waterfowl hunters who also are heavily involved in um, YouTube and podcasting and those kind of things. So I'm going to have those guys on and I cannot wait to hear how this discussion plays out. I hope that you're as excited about it as I am. Before we get to that, I want to go ahead and talk about our partners. Final approach, fabrand.com. You can get 10% off there with the product code FDH10. And each week I'd like to kind of highlight a different item from final approach that I've been using that I have last year. I switched over to the live flocked head mallards and they're a fantastic decoy. In fact, I highlighted those in one of my videos over on freelance duck hunting, but I love the dark flocked head of these mallards. I also have the flocked headed geese, both all of their decoy line. If you have not been to final approach and taken a look at the, the line of decoys that they have, go over to fabrand.com. Take a look at those decoys. I'm really happy with the mallards. I'm going to be using them again. You can see them on my videos. So, and they've got many, many other items for you over there at final approach. So go on over there. Product code for 10% off is FDH 10. Also, if you're in the market for a duck call, ducklandercalls.com. If you have not listened to my episodes with Bobby Hayes, they are some of my most highly listened to episodes never received as positive a feedback as when I had Bobby on here. And that guy is absolutely uh, worthy of your support. So if you're in, if you're looking for a duck call, go over to ducklandercalls.com and the product code over there is NAW23 for 10% off. And then finally on X hunt app, download it change your waterfowl hunting forever. If you don't use it, if you're an avid North American waterfowler, that needs to be a part of what you're doing. And I guess I probably should mention the North American waterfowler app is finally 100% done. We have put so much time, so much effort into this app, so much money for crying out loud. And so we are starting our marketing campaign, running ads on YouTube. It's a great product. It's a great product. You can keep track of your hunts. You can Keep track of the weather, dog retrieves, add photos from each of your hunts, partake in the leaderboard where you can compare yourself to others who are posting and create a crew where you can set up a little crew, email your friends, and you can kind of check out you and your friends' group numbers, compare how you're doing with your friends. Really, really awesome. You can get that on iOS or Android by searching North American Waterfowler, or you can go to the website, thenorthamericanwaterfowler.com, set yourself up a free trial so that you can take a look at seven days to decide whether you like it, whether you don't like it, um, and then cancel it if, if it's not something that works for you. So check that out. All right. So let's go ahead and bring on Titus and Jake and get this discussion going. All right. So here we are. I am joined by Titus and Jake. Uh, I'm going to let them kind of introduce themselves real quick. You guys, I'm sure if you listen to this podcast or, or watch any of my stuff, you know who these guys are, but I'm going to let them kind of introduce themselves and, and what they have going in the waterfowl hunting sport before we get into discussion. So Titus kind of just give us a bio of what all you have your fingers in. You're a busy guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh good to be on the show again, Elliot. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I just got back from a little bit of early season duck hunting, and uh, as far as what I have going on, we're out here based out of California, 
And uh, no, we're not. Uh, we are in the land of fruits and nuts, but I don't think hopefully I'm either one of those. <laughs> but um, I may be a little bit crazy sometimes over words, but other than that, uh, you know, I started a YouTube channel several years ago. Like you said, been on the podcast before, so I think most know, but um, just turned into something uh, never was never a monetary thing. We've talked about that a lot of times. It was just one to keep all my hunts with my friends and family, be able to look back on that like I still do now and uh, have those memories saved somewhere we could all go watch them. And then as that progressed and grew a little bit more, um, <clears throat> I think it's been three years now. Actually, it'll be almost four, I believe, in March that I've had a podcast called The MVM Show. And I really enjoyed that because I really like talking like uh, to people like you, to Jake, to so many people that I don't think I would have ever had the opportunity to if I wouldn't have had a platform like that. And uh, just met so many great people, made so many great friends. I mean, you, I, I, I talk to you guys and text you guys as much as in some of the friends I have live right down the road from me. So because of our passion and what we like to do. Mm -hmm. So have that. And my kids are starting to go with me now. And that's a great, <clears throat> my duck, daughter got her first ducks last year. She actually scotch doubled. So, I mean, how priceless is that video going to be, yeah. you know, looking at 10 years from now. So have that going on and, um, and do my, my regular day-to-day uh, -day job that I provide for my family. And just uh, other than that, I just live in a good life and really blessed to be able to know a lot of people in the waterfowl industry and, and be able to hunt and have it paid for and, you know, have a help to be right. able to do that stuff. Right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, and spending your time over here with us today. Jake, why don't you kind of give a little rundown of your background in the sport? Well, my name is Jake from Chasing Green. I've got a YouTube channel as well, and I've been duck hunting for as long as I can remember. Some of my first memories are of duck hunting. I probably started when I was three or four or two and been doing it my entire life. Um, so I, we basically kind of like Titus just decided and yourself just to start, decided to start bringing along a camera. Uh, the video is always a lot better than just a picture. So having those memories is awesome. And also just, we always just wanted to film our duck hunts. That was a huge thing mm -hmm. when I was growing up and YouTube was the perfect opportunity for that. And it's been so amazing just to get to meet the people that I've got to meet. Like you guys, kind of like Titus was saying as well, all my friends are some of my closest friends are other YouTubers, other duck hunters that I've met in the industry. And that's just been so great. But one of the biggest things I like about what I do now with my YouTube is just the audience and the, the audience I get to talk to the duck hunters, I get to help mentor along and, and just really um, kind of bring up that new generation or really the new hunters. They're not necessarily all young. You know, I talk to a lot of guys that are 70 years old, just getting into it, which blows my mind, but it's, um, it's been, a, it's really fun. And I think most of your audience probably knows me. We've been on several hunts together. And so um, I just appreciate you having me on, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree with everything that you guys say, especially about the relationship thing. I can tell you almost all of my closest friends I met as a result of starting my YouTube channel. And then even Aiden is the only one not, I met him in a marsh. <laughs> you know, so it's like duck hunting. <clears throat> all of my closest friends are, are just, and I never saw that one coming. I, I, especially like the strong Christian men that I've met through this thing. It's like, I went years where I was, I probably prayed for three years, you know, for God to bring me some male Christian friends 
when I kind of went through my conversion, I started getting kind of frustrated. It's like, you know, sometimes our timing's not God's timing or, you know, um, and finally it's like, I have so many just great, strong male Christian friends, all, all came through YouTube, I, I, you know, Aiden being the exception. And it was just what a blessing the, the whole thing has, mm. has been. So thank you guys for coming on. Let's go ahead and jump into these conversations. Um, I set the stage a little bit earlier, but I want to go a little bit more in depth with this conversation and, and how that it came up. Those of you that are listening, if I put out a podcast a couple weeks ago and it, it was called something like drama in the marsh. And it was about this group of guys from Texas and it was not only from Texas, but how they had overshot their limit and they had gotten um, tickets and, and, and things of that nature on Kansas public land. And so shortly after that, someone had listened to that podcast and they posted um, the podcast on the Kansas, it's the refuge forums on the Kansas thread. And we're talking about, they were basically trying to, there's a narrative that some of these guys on that forum are trying to run that out of state hunters are awful people. It's like when you, all these out of state hunters are slashing tires, they, they come, they come up with all these stories of just what bums non-resident hunters are. I mean, I don't know if they blanket like all of them are, but it's like, it's very clear in the way that they're saying it, that the non-residents are the bums and the residents aren't, which I find to be kind of foolish thought, not, not that you get bad apples, whether they're resident, non-resident or whatever. Mm -hmm. But as that went onto the forums, the comments started to, to turn into a YouTube is the problem. YouTubers are the problem. The attacks got fairly fairly uh, targeted towards me and what I'm doing with filming in Kansas and a lot of different points were brought up and I really didn't want to try to get into a keyboard warrior battle on the forums. So I thought, let me just bring a couple other YouTubers on here. We'll bring up these questions. We'll, we'll kind of talk about what the claims are being leveled. And I am, I want to make sure, cause I think all of you listening will, will agree to this. It's like when we love something, and we want something to be a certain way, it's hard to entertain any other ideas. I do want to entertain, I want to really put in my mind, and I've done this a lot, so I know where I stand on it. But when someone says, my video on public land is negative towards Kansas waterfowling, I don't want to just dismiss it. I want to at least put enough thought into it and be open to that idea. And I've, I've thought about this topic so much. I've thought about the topic so much. So in this, I do want us to be able to, if there are negatives of what we're doing, I want us to think about it, talk about it, bring it forward. But I really just want us to put our heads together. I know that Titus and Jake are both really deep thinkers. They're both really analytical. So I know that they will do a good job um, with these different comments. So let me go ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to read parts of some of these um, comments on the forums and then we'll just open it up. So um, this one says, uh, that YouTuber specifically me has pimped YouTube videos from all over Kansas. All you had to do was look at the background and know exactly where I was 20 rigs, then show up at those spots the next season. So this comment saying, because of a video that I post on public, 20 boats are there the next year because of that, because of that posted video, who is really to blame? Every douchebag with a camera phone thinks they need to post a video whenever they kill a couple ducks, maybe even 
may even be one or two posting on this thread. If you pimp the resource and burn the local spots, you got no one to blame but yourself. So, oh, and then there, I want to add this. There's another comment here that's kind of in the same line. It says um, that I left enough evidence in this video to show where I'm at. Seven out of 10 people that watch that video know exactly where I would be hunting. So the overall theme of this is that us, now this would be true for Jake in Arkansas, Titus in California. You put out a video and it brings heavy traffic to that marsh. Um, and also the comment where, well, we'll talk about, that. I'll bring up this other comment later, but do you guys believe that posting videos from your States on public land has a serious effect on pressure on those locations? Um, Titus, you want to start with that? Say that last part again, because I have my own thoughts about some, but the very last part you just said. And if you have your own thoughts about it, feel free, feel free to just go. But I think well, the, I don't want to bounce off. I don't want to go south of what you're right. trying to. Well, the <clears> overall, say, the but. overall point of this message of, of these comments is that when YouTubers post videos on public land, they are quickly overpressured mm -hmm. by other people. And we're the ones to blame mm -hmm. um, by the pressure that we get and that, from our videos because people know the places mm -hmm. and it just becomes overcrowded because of our videos. Well, I'll just be honest with you. I've, I've, cause like you said, being a deep thinker, I have questioned myself on that. Right. Am I bringing more people to an area? And obviously it has to be somewhere where there's very obvious, um, background markers mm -hmm. or something that has that right. Like, never once have I put a launch, a boat launch. I've never put nothing that was like an obvious marker. But sometimes if you've been there to a place and you catch something, which is crazy how much people analyze something, you could say, yeah, I know where he's at. Um, I'll give you a couple instances. Once, a few times I've had people say, uh, I noticed this and that about where you're at. And I think to myself, well, congratulations, you spent an hour of your time worrying about where I was. And the only reason you even knew where I was is because you've been there, right? Right. <clears throat> Let's say you're the one person out of who knows how many, 10,000 people that knew where that was. Congratulations. Okay. And the other thing that I think about is, okay, I, that was a month ago or that was last year. So what? Right. Like, I'm not going to put something to burn myself. I'm not going to hunt on Wednesday and put this video out on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't know that, though. They have no clue. So there's so many things. There's so many different variables that these guys are not accounting for. Like, a lot of our videos, I know all three of us here, are stuff from last year. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what we did a year ago. We're hunting a wild, we're hunting wild game. And as I just told you guys before we even started this, that we went out on an out-of-state hunt, an early season vet hunt, the same spots that were great the first two years were, were no good this year, like absolutely no good. So you can't – it doesn't even matter. It's irrelevant in my opinion uh, for that for that one example of picking out places where you're at and people actually figuring out where you are. Um, the other thing is uh, – 
people will say where you are and you're nowhere. You're not even maybe in the same state. I've literally been in another state and people tell me in my videos in the comments. I know right where you are in California on this refuge. I'm th- I just laugh. Like it's my, <laughs> it's my favorite thing in the world for that someone to do that mm-hmm. because it's like, yes, you know, like <laughs> they have no clue where I am at. And it makes you wonder how many people don't. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, as far as it causing more pressure, I have, I, like you said, people say stuff, whether it's stupid or not, I do try to take it into account and be civilized and think about it in my head and think, okay, you know what, are they, what they, is there, um, um, validity to what they're saying? Am I doing something that's hurting us and other hunters? Um, the biggest thing I do is I don't say where I'm at. And the only way you can know where I'm at is if you're first, if you're local, number two, um, if you've been there before, that's the only way. And so I don't feel like I've brought 18 more rigs like they're trying to say about you or 50 more hunters. Have I maybe influenced one or two more people that were actually watched it, that are actually from California, that are actually close to that refuge, that actually know where I'm at? Like th- put all those together, probably. I probably would say they're a, a small handful that may become. But a lot of these places I go to, you got to have a reservation you got to be, that's like winning the lottery in itself. So I'm not going places you can just show up to the next day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I really don't think it's hardly accounting for more. And like you, I've spent a lot of time thinking about that. And I cannot honestly say that I've affected that much. Mm-hmm. Jake, what do you think? Well, I think there can be detrimental effects when people give out too much information and i've tried to be very careful about that early on i was putting what states i was in and i've seen i'll admit firsthand that that can bring attention to certain areas and i think most people have cut that out now i know myself i don't ever put the state i'm in anymore we hunt a lot of different states i mean people got to realize i don't want people hunting like overtaking my spot either so i'm trying my best not to give it away i'm not showing boat ramps i'm trying to uh, i'm probably not as careful as elliot is because uh, i'm just not one that's really a believer that there's too much pressure i just never have it affect me and i hunt all over the country i think it's a, a side note excuse that a lot of people are using as to why they're not killing ducks to be honest with you mm-hmm. but uh like you guys i do try to take everything into account. Even when people are saying negative things, am I really being a detriment to these places? And I think we all want what's best for the sport. We all want what's best for public land. Um, every YouTuber that I personally have met, I would say has a, a good heart for the sport. And I know all three of us do. And so we definitely don't want to do anything that would negatively impact any piece of public land. We don't want to bring more pressure mm-hmm. than necessary, but I think that there's just like this thought that people have this magical superpower that, that if they see a video, they're just going to magically know where you are. Mm-hmm. You only right. know where that is if you've been there. Yeah. So, like Titus was saying, the locals. And if they're local, then they, they're already scouting it. They already know about it. If ducks are there, they know. Like, and it, like, I'm kind of like Titus as well. Everything I post is about two weeks behind. If you're seeing what I'm doing and you're hoping to get like a leg up on it, you're wasting your time. Cause like, I'm not mm-hmm. posting it till the ducks are gone. Cause like, I'm going to stay there and keep, keep shooting them. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, go but, have it, go at it. I'm going yeah, somewhere else. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I try everybody, every YouTuber I know personally, they, we all try to do a good job of not 
overly showing where we are while still showing enough to like get the benefits of filming a public land hunt. I think there's a lot of benefit to it. People learn a lot. It's kind of like watching game film when you're actually seeing us in these situations on public. I just, I see more of the positive side of it than the negative. Does like a few locals maybe find out about what's going on in the spot? Maybe, but I mean, I've never for sure seen it negatively impact anywhere that I am. So, I mean, I know Elliot, you've been filming on some of these places for years. I mean, you've not seen an increase on them, right? Well, I'm trying to break that down. And first I will say the video, I think that these guys are really commenting on. There was an absolutely obvious identical, identifiable marker in the background. Um, and after I did it, I was like, man, I, I probably should have flipped the other side of the pool. So that wasn't showing there. But that being said, still only locals are going to see that who have been there are going to know where it is. And, you know, there's not tons of public hunting places in Kansas. Everyone who lives in Kansas knows where the good teal hunting's at. Everyone knows where the good hunting is in Kansas. It's not a big secret. So like the fact that locals go, oh man, I know right where that is. Okay. So what? Are you going to go hunt it? I, I mean, how does that, how does that affect anything? And the idea that those videos would bring like 20 more boats there next year. It's uh, quite honest. Let's just say foolish thought. It's mm -hmm. I, I'm of the belief that I have the ability to push traffic around a little bit. Um, it's, I don't think that it's going to increase the traffic to those specific places, but it pushes around Jake, you know, where my favorite place to hunt is I've hunted this place more than any other place in my life. There's more videos on my channel, this place than any other place in my life. And how many times that you've been in there with me? Have we had it all to ourselves? Every like, time. <laughs> right. I mean, that place, that place is a perfect example of, it's like, I've got more videos from this place. I've shot more ducks from this place than any other place in my life. There's no more traffic there. But I do think that if we broaden the picture out a little bit, that Kansas is, is unique to every other state in that 2015 the only two people posting videos are Josh and I were both from Kansas. And I mean, we are the YouTube presence of waterfowling in 2015 starts blowing up. Bobby comes on the scene. He goes, just blows the thing up. And so I'm much lesser exposed than Josh and Bobby. Bobby's at 250,000 subscribers. Josh is like at 130,000. I don't really keep tabs on everyone else. I know smack them outdoors. I don't know where they're at, but I mean, these are two of the big, big boys in, in YouTube waterfowling. So you've got the two first startups being from Kansas. You got the two biggest players being in from Kansas. I think it would be very naive to say that the three of us being from Kansas and pushing, because really Kansas YouTubers pushed YouTube being onto on uh, pushed waterfowling onto YouTube. I think that's a safe assumption to say, and I, that has to increase the number of non-residents that come into the state in, in a fairly significant way. In fact, if you look at the, the data, you start seeing a rise in non-residents starting in 2015. Um, now, and I, and I don't want to ignore that and pretend, pretend that's not true. So if we, if we look at like YouTube as a whole in waterfowlers, then I really don't think that it makes an effect of number of people. I, th I do think that Kansas, unfortunately, is um, a little different when you start talking about people not necessarily coming to my spots, but coming to the state. Um, 
I think that it probably has had an impact. Now, does it have enough of an impact that you feel it throughout the season? I'm not, I, I don't, I don't have problems being over pressured. Now I know two places in the Southwest zone that I try to stay away from or the Southeast zone that I try to stay away from. Cause those are definitely really, really pressured marshes. But one of them was that way before I ever started filming a video. I stayed away from it. So does it does it in does it bring non-residents to Kansas more? It absolutely does. But these guys that are so overcrowded all the time, it's just it's not my experience. I I'm a weekend hunter and I rarely hunt within three, four hundred yards of other people. You know? Mm-hmm. And so I I'm not sure like it's like, yes, it brings more non-residents. I don't know who these guys are that can't ever get away from other people. I don't know what they're trying to do, what their efforts are. Cause it's just, it's not my experience. It's not Jake's experience. Titus, you've been here. It's not your experience. It's not, I don't know anyone in my hunting groups that, that complain about not being able to get away from other people. Well, just to add on to that while we're on it, I think while yes, Kansas has had a has had a rise everywhere's had a rise traveling Mm. and duck hunting has risen a lot since 2015 now i would i'd say you're right that kansas has probably risen a little above the the rest but every state has had an an increase in non-res over the past decade because people are just traveling more now onyx has made things easier uh traveling's easier covid really jumped all that up people were off Mm -hmm. and then another thing i mean kansas has had big players filming there since I was a kid, Duck Commander. Since Ducks there. Unlimited did four episodes in a season in the early 2000s. Duck Commander shot tons of videos there. Right. Uh, yeah. Avian X, Fred Zink. I mean, guys with mm. way bigger audiences than us. Mm. <laughs> I mean, they've been shooting there for for since I was a kid. So, um, well, you know what, and you know, but you know why we're getting more feedback now is because of the social platforms. There wasn't none of that stuff around back then, so we're. We're in all three of us are really good about connecting with the people that watch, right? And people feel like they know us, and we kind of sometimes feel like we know them if we've been around. And some of them we even do. Some of them we've hunted with and become friends with down the road, besides us three right here or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I feel like we get the more, we're getting more of the vocal side of it than those guys ever did. I guarantee you, back in the day, the people did not like those guys. Um, you know, Duck Commander, those guys are ruining it over here. Those guys are, I guarantee you that was the hubbub going on, but there was no way to voice that technically by reading a magazine or watching a VHS video. Sure. Now there's a comment section. So I right. mean, every Tom, Dick and Harry can put everything they want in there and we're accepting of that. We don't, you know, it's open. Go ahead. You know, you got Instagram, you got Facebook. Some of those were maybe around earlier in the 2000s, but going way back i guarantee you you know so i think that's a big part of it is that's what's really we're seeing we are seeing it more and they're bringing it more into youtubers because there's that relation there easier accessible to you know to get mm-hmm. at for sure. to comment and speak out you know yeah knives machetes saws and shears multi-tools shovels swords axes spears hatchets and tomahawks if it cuts snips slices or chops midway usa has it Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment 
and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Well, either of you guys have any other comments on just videos bringing so much added pressure that it's something that should just be completely frowned on? No, I think it's just way, I think that's just exaggeration. And kind of to transition, I would say that the upside of it, if there is any negative, is way better than what minor minor impact it may have. I would say there's a right. much greater positive impact of the videos. Yeah. And yeah, and we, we're definitely going to get into, um, I think we can get into that with this next comment. I do want to hit one more thing in, in that first comment that I just can't stand about the waterfowl community, especially on forums, um, where this guy, the, the sentence with every douchebag with a camera phone thinks he needs to post a video whenever they kill a couple ducks. Why, why do we need to coin just guys with a phone excited about killing ducks at douchebag? <laughs> How is that productive to water the waterfowl community that like mm -hmm. just some guy that's so excited about our sport that we love that he gets out his camera to show all his friends. Why are we coining someone like that? A douchebag. I think this has really gotten on my nerves here lately and it's mainly older guys. So not, I'm not getting on every older guy here. It's not like, like even the majority of them, but there is a good section that just really um, despise the whole social media thing. And I think they just they just don't understand that younger people, um, I mean, they do social media with everything. If they get something good to eat, they're taking pictures of it. You know, if they're right. playing sports, they're taking pictures of it. They're doing social media with everything that they do. So when yeah. they go duck hunt, they're taking pictures of it. It's just part of their life. Yeah. And uh, I don't find anything wrong with it. Um, we really become kind of like, really the whole country in general is, kind of become real tribal. You're either a social media guy or you're not. And I've even seen it with like other things. Like I've heard five or six people say like negatively, uh, they're probably sick of wearing flat bill wearing punks, you know, like mm -hmm. if you wear a certain camo, it's like this tribal thing. And so it's very much a, you either are exactly like me or I hate you. You're my enemy. Like mm -hmm. if you don't do everything like how I do it, instead of being kind of, excited and positive that these young cats because it is mainly young guys doing the social stuff so i'm kind of targeting towards them but really anybody doing it uh, can we not just be positive and excited that they're out there duck hunting coming to love the sport being a supporter of the sport versus being on the streets doing drugs or this or that i mean i'm just excited yeah. these kids are duck hunting man and if they yeah. want to take pictures of it and if they want to send stuff to their friends then so be it i mean i'm all for that I just don't see the need to like cross my arms and sit back and judge how you do, want to duck hunt. I mean, yeah, right. just, I don't think that's going to do anything good for the sport. You're definitely not going to change it by sitting there being judgmental and, mm. and just kind of griping. You're only going to cause more of a divide. Yeah. And judgmental in such a negative way. I mean, in yeah. such a condemning negative way. Before I read the next post, I, I want to get into this because I know, I know Jake, you're passionate about this. Titus, I'm sure that you are as well is that there are some YouTube content creators out there that um, maybe don't do things how we would feel are the right way that present because 
we are mentors to young kids that don't have mentors. People are learning how to waterfowl hunt by watching YouTube videos. And there are some YouTubers that I would say, don't watch this YouTuber as a mentor. And there's others. I, I try to be that in the way I conduct myself. I know from you guys' content, I know you personally, that you guys are trying to be in that. These young guys are going to need mentors of some kind. So, Jake, why don't you start out? What positive do you think that um, YouTube waterfowlers like yourself, Titus, must, do we bring anything positive to the table? And what do you feel like those positive things are? Sure. And I really didn't see a lot of these positives until I got into it because you really wouldn't unless you're on this side of the YouTube game, kind of. Um, I grew up with a dad and uncles and all kinds of people that duck hunted in my life that taught me how to do it. I was mentored. I had no idea that people just jumped into the sport with no help at all. And that's actually a huge section or a huge segment of the duck hunting population a lot of guys just get into it not knowing anything they don't have anybody to take them they don't have any friends that do it and youtube is a huge resource for them i mean that honestly got into youtube in at first because i wanted to just film my duck hunts i thought it'd be cool but it's really become more of a, a mentor game and a teach game like the tip videos even just the public land hunting videos. I mean, the amount of messages I get, I know Elliot, you get them Titus. I'm sure you get a ton of them too. Just of guys saying, thank you for doing this video. It really helped me just like a guy or just like a person with YouTube. How do I fix my vacuum cleaner? A lot of people are YouTube and how do I duck hunt? How do I set up a decoy spread? How do I, you know, duck hunt as a beginner? It's a huge th thing. I mean, I know Titus has got some beginner videos that have hundreds of thousands of views. There's obviously a need for that or they wouldn't have so many views. And just, um, I mean, I get messages all the time about how these our videos have helped this person, you know, on their duck hunting journey. And that's really become the main goal of my channel. Um, when, a, when a kid said, when an 18 year old, and I've even had older guys, 70 year olds even, when they say, man, I shot my first group of mallards feet down in the decoys today, and it was all, I learned it all from watching you. I mean, that makes everything I do worth it. And, mm -hmm. That's what it's all about, man. And we need that resource out there. I mean, um, I really don't know because it, it's it's getting harder and harder to to live the social life that people used to live. Like people are just more isolated now. And I know a lot of guys I talk to struggle to find somebody to duck hunt with. So YouTube's really all they got. And I mean, I I fight for to have this resource for them as with all I got because I believe in that. Mm. Mm. You have any thoughts on that, Titus? <clears throat> oh yeah. In fact, I, I think I'm gonna do a whole podcast on this. I've actually already have. I had a, I did an interview with the guy, um, MD Johnson, that is, is a writer for a couple of magazines. One of them is the California Waterfowl Association. He does a lot of articles in their magazine, and actually, he interviewed Matt too, <clears throat> and he asked us this exact question. This exact whole conversation, this whole podcast is about. Um, he did a whole interview about it, and. Um, I'm huge on this, like Jake. Like, it's huge to me. It's very important. And again, I never started thinking that. I'm, I'm not going to go in saying, oh, that's why I did it. You know, I don't think that. None of us here do. Um, but once you, once I realized, like, man, there's a lot of people searching for this. And a lot of people want to know. And I can, I have quite a bit of experience, you know, 23, four years I've been duck hunting. So it's like, yeah, you know, the, I'm going to make those videos, like you said, Jake, some of those videos I've made, I'm, I'm going to make them for that purpose and they're very uh 
thought of deeply and there's really a lot of intent behind it. I don't take it lightly, you know. And uh, my biggest thing is, and what I said to MD in that interview was, and this is not patting myself on the back because I know it's happened to you, all of you guys here and a lot of other people. It's not that. It's not self-gratification or glory. I'm just saying this since we're on the topic. I have got hundreds. I'm not exaggerating that. Hundreds of messages between emails, Instagram messages, Facebook messages, comments on YouTube, uh, face-to-face when I've seen people on refuges saying, thank you so much for your videos. It's got me into duck hunting. I didn't know what I was doing. I never even thought about duck hunting. I stumbled on your videos. Then I decided I wanted to do it. Now I got a couple buddies doing it. Or, oh, yeah, I got my kid out. I stopped duck hunting for 20 years. Now I have a little boy. He's seven years old. And I want to teach him the trade and and have fun again doing this. I'm not exaggerating. Hundreds. Like for over the last six or seven years, however long I've been doing it, nonstop. So like Jake said, every time I get those messages, it's like the best thing I could get. Like all the other stuff doesn't matter. The limits, the not limits, the bad hunts, you know, all the time spent editing, all the time pulling your hair out, trying to do stuff or get bad film, whatever it is. That right there. Is like if I quit now, that's the only thing I'm going to remember and be thankful for is that right there because it got more people into the sport. Um, because he asked, do you think you've caused more people to get into hunting? Do you think you've helped with the numbers of new hunters or selling licenses? Absolutely. Because people, you know, it's not going to be like that for you every time. We all know that every time you go duck hunting because they look at a video where you took the best hunt and you put it on video. You know, I mean, we put our bad hunts on there too, but like you put the best hunt on there and people, some people, it's like a shock wave to them. Like, oh, it's not like that every time. You know, of course it's not. It's hunting. But the time spent that people realize they're with their family, their friends, their kids, it's, that's really what it comes down to. And bottom line is every, people know that once they experience it. And I think YouTubers for the most part have done nothing but sell more hunting licenses and cause help for um, uh, all the words slip in my mind to, to bring more habitat and to take care of all that stuff. That's, that's what it's done. Honestly, there's no doubt in my mind. I would stand by that in front of a judge. I really would. Has there been negatives from some of it? I guarantee you. I look back at some of my stuff. I'm like, man, I wish I wouldn't have did that. I wish I wouldn't have showed that, or I wish I wouldn't have said that. That's, that's totally different. But in general, it's been nothing but a massive help to the hunting industry, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, even some of the bigger guys that are there's there's these people we could all think of that maybe have brought negatives uh, with the content that they make. But I would say that even them have still brought people into the sport. And most of the people I see hating on YouTube, if you ask them, they don't want any more people in the sport. They right. hate that we're bringing people mm-hmm. into the sport. Right. And that's what frustrated me about some of the comments that were made about Elliot. Like, these guys were hating on him like he's one of the comments in particular were talking about how he's not as ethical or not as um, not as good for the sport as the guys on the forum. Well, I would say most of these guys that complain about us haven't lifted a finger to do anything for the sport. Mm-hmm. They buy their license and that's about it. They don't mentor people. They don't take kids. A lot of the ones that I've known that are kind of complainers, not saying all of them, but YouTubers like Titus said, one of the driving forces of the future of the sport, in my opinion. And Elliot, really, both of you guys are some of the best for that. Elliot takes the most ethical shots out of anybody I've ever met. Like, for someone to say that it's not good for a kid to watch him duck hunt is out of their mind, in my opinion. Because 
there's nobody else I would direct somebody to to learn how to duck hunt Dan mm -hmm. Elliott and his shot selection, how he gets away from pressure, how he treats people on public land, and all that comes through in his videos. I mean, that's an invaluable resource, in my opinion. I mean, it's one thing to tell somebody about duck hunting, but when they actually see somebody do it over and over, I mean, you just learn so much from it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm super passionate about that. And I just, I would challenge anybody to bring up a rational argument of how that's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And that kind of leads into this, this comment, um, that was made and it said, let's be fair. Now there's a group over there and they call them the squeaky wheelers and they call them that because these are the guys largely responsible for, or have put the most pressure on the state to enact the non-resident restrictions. And so they've kind of called them, that's kind of coined as their name. Um, he said, the squeakers and the group you described above are two vastly different hunting groups. Despite any difference of opinion, I can say with confidence, the group on here that has been coined the squeaky wheels are honorable guys who care about the resource and the future of hunting, who eat what they kill and are more of what I call traditional hunters, which is what I consider myself to be. That's a far cry from most of the YouTubers who are videoing everything, posting pile pics, in general, marketing the resource for their own gain. Um, so they really, he really drew a distinct line in this comment. So I want to bring out of this is a is social media positive or negative? And you can talk about anything you want to about that comment, but is social media positive or negative? Because he's he's calling it out, you know, just people posting pile pics and and. Um, is it appropriate for other waterfowlers, hunters to be so upset about others wanting to share their pics on social media? And, and we talked about that a little bit to begin with, but, you know, um, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll let you guys give your thoughts or opinions on the specific quote there or just the topic of like YouTubers and people who are into social media are the ones that don't eat what they kill. They're the ones that are the slobs of hunting. It's like they're all that has to do with wrong of waterfowl sport is YouTubers, social media. That just seemed like, and I think that's the comment you were kind of referring to, Jake. It just seems like such a crazy comment. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, I can tell a lot about a person who immediately assumes something about somebody they don't know. Like I, I need, I know all I need to know about that person. Like, they, no one, these people in this forum specifically really just make comments about you and other YouTubers who they never met. They don't really know anything about you, what you do ethically or not with ducks. And I mean, I would say from the guys that I met overwhelmingly in the YouTube space are some of the most conservation minded duck hunters I've ever met. They really care about the sport. They care about the birds. They have a respect for the birds. Can I think of one or two, one or two who don't really show that? Sure. But I, I mean, that's such a minority. And I also think that they just like, they, like the comment said that we're marketing, you know, the birds for money. I mean, I can tell you right now, there's not that much money in duck. <laughs> yeah. <all right. laughs> we're not making any money. Like, we're None of us money. have quit our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's crazy. They think it happens. Like we're not Mr. Beast, man. We're not rolling millions of dollars. We're yeah. barely scraping by to get through another duck season. Yeah. Ever guy that I know. So it's, I mean, like, like Elliot and I have talked about before, we were doing this long before we ever started carrying a camera and Lord willing, we'll be doing it long after we quit carrying a camera. If we ever quit, like we've always been about duck hunting. We just happen to film it. I mean, we're no different than 
any other average duck mm-hmm. hunter except we just film it. And yeah, we do work with brands and stuff like that to help pay for some of the stuff that we do. But I also feel like, like we just talked about a while ago, we're bringing positives to it. And, you know, um, is there a line in there of how much somebody should be compensated? I don't know. I mean, that's a conversation I'm willing to have, but I just don't see us as like in it for the money. I don't think of that for any of the YouTubers that I know, except maybe one or two. So, yeah. Well, so you're saying if you quit YouTube right now, you're, you're, uh, you're not going to stop duck hunting. No. <laughs> Are you going to stop duck hunting because you quit YouTube? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what me and Elliot have said a thousand times. Like I, I've already talked about quitting, stopping a couple times is just because just always been bringing camera stuff to the marsh is a pain in the hind end. Yeah. Uh, but the memory is worth it every time you're like, man, I'm glad I filmed that. I'm glad I caught that on video, but yeah, I'm, I, if I quit now, maybe because I just to me, I just don't see myself doing this for 30 years. I've talked to these guys a lot about that. It's like, is that reality? I'm like, I doubt it very seriously. I'm gonna be doing this forever. It's just for a phase of time and enjoy it and get to have those memories and be glad I did. And, um, guess what? When the camera's down, I'll be duck hunting just as much or more than I do now. Yeah, I'm not gonna change anything. And I was doing it before. So, yeah, from know. the start, I'm a duck hunter who films. I'm I'm not a YouTuber who chose to. It's to who hunts. Yeah. I am a duck hunter first. When there's a decision that needs to be made about the hunt, it's how to kill more ducks first, not how to get better shots. If I can get shots, what I'm doing while I'm duck hunting, that's fine. But it is you could take away. I would could never hit record again, and it would not change a single thing about about my duck hunting career. Not mm-hmm. one. Not one. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Um, so what is what do you guys think is the reason for... Like, people talk so much about how bad social media is for waterfowl hunting. I think, personally, that... because I mean, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, so I didn't have the internet until I got into college. And I can tell you, I preferred life before the internet myself. That was just a 
there was kids in the street. It was a different way of living. I'm, I am compelled to my phone way more than I would like to be. And it bothers me. I, I like life better without, especially smartphones. I like life better without that. But that, that being said, we're in it now and there's no turning back. There's, there's just not, but what people complain so much about people posting pile picks. What? No, I don't ever hear anyone give a well thought out reason of like, why does that bother? And Tyrus, you and I have talked about this before. Why does that bother people so much about people wanting to post pile picks? Why, why is that such a, a stick in a thorn in people's side? Do you guys think? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll, I'll just jump in. I don't got a lot to say about it just because it's like, I've had this, we went around and around with this conversation and this thought process. And I guess I'm just not going to understand people. Like I'm not going, I'm just not going to, and I'm going to, I'm done trying because we'll sit there and try to figure out why they do that, why they say that, why they have a problem with it. But we wouldn't be doing what they're doing in the first place, saying the stuff they say. So I can't even, I can't, relate to that i can't even comprehend what there's so i'm not gonna waste my energy trying because i really don't i don't know i mean i could say it's jealousy i could say it's oh you care more about that than you really care about the habitat or you know taking care of them i mean i could come up with the thousands if i just want to sit here and think about things i could come up with but i could do that with anything right like i could literally come up with any topic and come up with 10 reasons why not to do it with how to mow the lawn right why you go let you know horizontal or vertical like it it's just people and it's not just this community i mean you look at football look at sports and look at people and and movie actors and how people just want to take digs and want to say this and that i mean who knows you know it's like it could be a thousand different things so it's just that's just what people are going to do i i i feel like we can come up right now and spend an hour on reasons why but it's like it's just different people you can't put a, a finger on it what do you think? The, there is no the, there is no final answer to that you know i feel like the main reason why i see people complaining about the power picks is they frame it as if the guys making the power picks only kill those birds for the pitcher and that's their problem with it like everybody but, uh, jake let, let me ask you something though then i've got a lot of books recently um on old books i'm talking old waterfowl books and i'm just i'm asking you this just to throw this out there your thoughts to add that into your thought i have a book that's from the 20s and it is solid full of i'm talking a wall walls of birds and they are standing there mean mugging because you know you have to smile like if you don't smile in a pile pick then you get harassed for not smiling. You smile in the pile of picks, and they're mad at you. You got a shot of limit. Yeah. These guys are out there mean mugging with their shotguns with three guys with 60 birds or whatever back then. And nothing's ever said about that. Not saying I want them to. Like that RK Graves, I don't know if you guys follow him, but oh, yeah. he posts a lot of old picks. So I've seen his stuff. I've seen uh, the, the books that I have that talk about that. And it's so funny. I, I would love for you guys to read this book because the mindset when that book was written is so much different than what people think of today. It's not about being happy for someone or not happy for someone. It's like, okay, that's what they did. They wanted to take that memory and take a picture of it so they could show their grandkids or their kids or whatever. And that was the end of it. Sure. Like, I don't understand now why we have to make this big deal about it. 
Like, why is there such, why are we even having this conversation? Isn't there, like the Bible speaks of vain conversation and foolish conversation. It's like, that to me is such a vain, and I'm not saying it because you asked that, Elliot. I'm, I'm just saying like, people, the stuff they argue about in the comments and why this is wrong, why that's right. It's like, my goodness, there's a thousand other things that are so much more profitable than by trying to have a conversation and fight with some Joe Blow that you have no clue who is could be from Russia for all you know. You know what I mean? And so I'm just curious what you think now is they killed way more birds back then. Sure. They had way bigger piles and they still took pictures of it. What's the difference now with the twenties versus now, except for the fact there's this social media place we can all communicate and talk and comment to each other you know what i'm saying what's your thoughts on that sure because that kind of goes with elliot's question yeah and i don't think that way just to be clear <laughs> like no i know but uh, no, that's I what i'll when i've had in-depth conversations with people that i thought were logical and smart that's what they presented they think that these mm -hmm. kids are just going out there just so that they can get a picture um but like you said i mean in the old days they did it i mean duck hunt was way more about money in the old days people think it's commercialized yeah. now go look at what was Plant happening guns. in the market days like duck hunting yeah. is less commercialized now than it was then 100%. so i just don't subscribe to that and but i to your point about why are we having this conversation i think it is important every once in a while that we have them if not then the conversations will be dominated by the negativity side of things mm -hmm. as we are kind of in front of people on with our youtube channels and to me i take responsibility with that that we are kind of responsible for leading at least some aspects of the thoughts surrounding ducks duck hunting the conversations around it so i think it's important for us to kind of voice reason or at least our opinion of reason reasonable conversations so that the people have the other side to hear they're not just hearing the negativity they're not just hearing the the stupidity i call it out there of some of these conversations but anyway back to the pile pick thing i mean I don't, I don't, I've never met anybody that I seriously thought was just going out there to get a social media picture. They went out there to duck hunt. Never. Do they go out there to kill limits? Yeah. But I've been going out there to kill limits too. <laughs> I mean, like, that's why I go. Exactly. I mean, like, I'm not trying to kill as many birds as possible, but I, but, but, I, I never go but out Jake, there saying, get... I hope I kill half a limit today. Like, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. People, but, but that's what I'm saying. You can say, it don't matter how you say it, it's wrong. Yeah. Because if you say, man, I'm going to, if I say my podcast, I'm going to, I'm going to go out there every time with, in the mindset to get a limit, then, then you're getting judged on, oh, that's the only reason you go hot duck yeah. hunting. Well, like the goal is to shoot my limit. But <laughs> if I don't shoot it, it doesn't mean I'm a failure. And I think I hated, I wasted my time out there. I should have never went. I never think yeah. that. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, like actually, one of the guys commenting here said, "Look, look at, look at the world we live in. Well, look at the world we live in. That's just bottom line. It's just, it, it's. Uh, here's a th uh, this this topic could get me so going because, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not mad, but I'm, I think it's a it's a variety of all these other things, right? I feel like we live. Gosh, I hope you got to be careful in saying this, but <laughs> the generation we live in. You're how old are you, Jake? Thirty three. Okay, you're 33. I'm 39. Elliot, you're 50, how old? 50. Okay, Jake's really right on the edge of this, probably, and and where your ways raised to has a lot dependent on it as well. Hard though. Okay, right. <laughs> Let's be clear. But I mean, probably how your parents raised you was the same way. Like you, did did you ever won a participation award? No. 
shine that. I'll throw that in the dirt. I don't want to, if I'm not going to get out there, I'm out there to get first place. But now the generation we live in is all about, let's give little Bobby or little Susie a little participation award because they're going to go home and cry to mommy. And my thoughts are that mindset that has been indoctrinated into probably, and I'm not saying don't, whoever listens to this, that it's 25, 21, whatever. Trust me, I know plenty of a lot of hard workers out there that I've worked harder than me that are 21 years old. So I'm not paying with a broad brush, but they know, I'll guarantee you all those younger guys will admit the school that they go to now or the people that they're with now, that's how it is. And it wasn't like that. You can't even get on to people. A coach can't even get onto the generation now because they're the mom and dad are coming in and instead of mom and dad supporting them and backing them up and saying, yeah, you know, they need to work harder. They need to train more for football to get better at it. Now it's all about appeasing everybody and making everybody happy. So those same people, again, not everybody, but those, that, that mindset of the generation that we're, we're shifting to is coming into the waterfowl world. And everything has to get chopped up in little pieces and analyzed and say, well, you, well, you weren't smiling, you weren't happy, or you were smiling, or you said you wanted to shoot a limit, or you know what I'm saying? Is that, I, hopefully that's making sense what I'm saying because it's definitely affected I, I see that. I see it all around me. It's crazy. Well, and, and it's not just in the hunting industry. It's everything. Sure. Well, I know this for a fact. Like, it, from my perspective, hunting in the 90s, the early 2000s, those guys that are now kind of older guys now wanted to kill limits just as bad as these young cats do right now. They just mm-hmm. didn't take pictures of it. There's no difference in right. the mindset, though. And there's really no difference in, the, in how they act and how they hunt. It's just like really – the main the social media talk and kind of the complaining and the judgment is really coming mostly from like that in my opinion the 35 to 60 year old generation they're the ones that are just like hating on these young guys they do everything wrong and they do do some things wrong i'm not saying that they're perfect or anything but i'm just saying one thing i see is that there's way more of a i don't like you because you're young instead of let me try to help you out and teach you like the respectable way to do this it's more of like you're worthless mm-hmm. and no good, and I hate you, and I wish you wasn't in the sport. That's the vibe I get from a lot of these older cats. Not all of them. I'm like Titus. I'm not painting with a broad brush. I know plenty that are great mentors and great, you know, examples. But most of that talk about the social media thing is that older generation that just think that they're they were so much better than these young cats when they were eighteen. Like they didn't go out there to mm. shoot a limit, you know? Like, like it's yeah. just, it's crazy to me. Sometimes when you don't understand something too, you have a a, a, a mindset to attack it, you know? Like right. if you don't really fully understand yeah. what stuff is, you just kind of come against it. Well, I mean, look at look at your parents with a cell phone. Are they that good at using a cell phone as you are? And that's why when that all started switching over to smartphones, they really hated them. It was only because they didn't understand them. Sure. You know, and so I think sometimes – they don't understand the social media aspect. They don't understand the YouTube thing. And that's why it frustrates them. Because, again, that being said, I have a lot of friends that are older, quite a bit older, 20 years older than me, said they didn't like it at first either. And they, they were one of those guys running their mouths about it. And now they said, man, I honestly, you know, I just didn't understand. I didn't see. Do you guys think part of it is that I've, I've seen some people complain about, like, the self-glorification, like, look at me, look at me, look at me. And that's their ultimate problem with it is that people are just wanting attention, wanting attention. And I I don't know if that's the main reason, but I know I've seen people 
talk about that as, as a complaint as far as self self glorification and that being um, something that's wrong to do. Well, I would say that's more of a shot at social media, not necessarily duck hunting social media. That's just right. how social media is period. Whether the person's eating or hanging out with their girlfriend or whatever, it's a picture of me and a selfie and it's all about me, you know? And um, that's just part of social media though. I, I wouldn't say that that necessarily like, is something particularly special with duck hunting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I look at it and I'm like, I've spent some quite a bit of time thinking about this and especially around a, a podcast that you and I had Titus, where we talked about this specifically. And, and I'm trying to think it's like, what type of person are these people that are so angry about social media? What type of person are they really disliking? What, what is their, what is their issue with it? Because I want to be the kind of hunter to where if I don't shoot a limit, it's not really going to ruin my day. I can go out, shoot two birds, have a nice hunt, appreciate what's going on. I always like to, I always want to shoot a limit. If I could, I want to actually, I don't want to limit every single time because I think if you have too much success, then the highs, you have to have some real bad lows. Cause then when you have some real bad lows, then those highs are so exhilarating. It's like, yeah. you know, if, if it's all limits, then it, it numbs mm -hmm. the feeling a little bit, but well, I, I want to shoot a limit every time. That's the goal. But if I do have a day where I just get a couple flocks in, I want to be able to appreciate a sunrise. I want to be able to appreciate mm. the area. And, and I, I don't want to be so limit dependent that it's all that's what it's about to be. Now, that being said, if there's a college kid that's 22 that is completely limit dependent and he's pissed off if he's not shooting limits and all he, and he really, let's say he even just wants that palpic and that's the reason he's there. As long as that kid is not doing anything unethical, why do people care? Why, why do, why should we care what that kid's mode? Now, if it's my son, I'm going to try to teach him the way I feel like he should be. But if yeah. it's some guy I don't even know that I'm seeing on Facebook, what the hell do I care what his motives are? I mean, how does yeah. it make mm -hmm. these people so bent out of shape in, unless, unless it's turning into unethical practices, which I think maybe it can with sky busting, which I harp on sky busting more than anyone that I know. And, but I mean, unless it's turning into unethical actions, why do these old men care so bad what the, what the motives are of people? M maybe you can say, well, because if that becomes the narrative and that becomes the main motive, then those people grow up. And now the sport has turned into something that I don't think it should be about. I mean, you can kind of weave some philosophy together about it, but really it just becomes like, you're not my generation it does, I don't understand how you're doing it. And so I'm just going to be pissed is how it feels. It doesn't yeah, feel like the right type of judgment. And it's certainly not the right type of correction. I think there's just a lack of perspective there. They're only seeing it through the lens that they currently see. Like I wasn't about appreciating just being out there when I was 20. Like you don't appreciate anything when you're 20. Right. <laughs> you're, just, <laughs> you're, you're just living life, man. You hadn't yeah. had time to like, go through the downs and like learn to appreciate things. So like if you're 40 or 50 or 30, you, I mean, of course you're going to appreciate the sunrise more and just being out there. I mean, but when you're 20, you don't, and I don't, I've never met a 20 year old that's out there self-reflecting on how great everything is. Like it <laughs> yeah. just don't happen. And so to, to give them that lee leeway and just say, Hey, I'm glad you're in the sport. You'll learn these things as you go. And I'm not going to put too much expectations on you to be perfect right now. I'm just glad you're duck hunting, man. Uh, yeah. Here, maybe I'll show you a thing or two about this. Maybe you could look at it this way, but hey, you're 20, do your thing. Just don't do anything illegal or unethical. You right, know? right, right. So I, I think 
just having it needs to be more of that vibe of like encouragement and like we're on the same team type thing versus like you're definitely not like me and you're against me type thing. Yeah, and I think age I'm starting to mature in this way a lot. I don't know if you guys probably didn't listen to the podcast I put out um Monday, well a week ago. But I used to coin things the five sins of waterfowl hunting. Like it was really when I taught kind of how I thought things should be done, it was always really accusatory. These are the sins. And I realized a lot of these things are not, they're just my preferences. Like water swatting is a perfect example, right? People get so mad about it. Isn't that just a preference? Is that real? You know, if we're talking about picking up trash, if we're talking about, you know, there are some things that absolutely are unacceptable, but who are we things that are not immoral, unethical, that cause really negatives. Who are we to be really emotionally passionate and condemning of people for not viewing the way. And I've been really judgy about hunting in big groups. As you know, Jack, I've been that way about like shot selection, even to a point of a fault. And and I think that like, when we have something that we are passionate about, it's so easy to just be like, you should do it my way. It's so easy to fall into that. And I think part of it is just that I don't understand it. It's not how I do it. You're a douchebag. If you do that, you know, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, man, we've, we've hit it pretty well. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we pretty much hit it all. Are there any other things that you guys wanted to bring forward or hit on before we close this out? No. Well, I, I would, I, I would like to say like, just going back to, I feel like people have way, uh, they've let the negativity way overtake the positivity. Like the experience you had on the opening day of Teal. Mm-hmm. People will take that one incident, something that happens one out of the 20 or 30 times they hunt out of a season and, and let that dominate how their season went. Like, oh, I had this terrible experiences with non-residents when it only may have happened once or twice. You're out there mm-hmm. on the opening mm-hmm. day, dude. Like yeah. curb your expectations about how peaceful it's going to be out there. Right. <laughs> there's going to be some loud boats and some big yeah. groups of hunters. It's opening day. That's just how it goes. Like, right. but you know, if you go out there 15 other times and it's not like that, maybe you should hold off on writing to your state representatives about changing some rules just because something happened one time, you know, like I would yeah. encourage people just to try to look at their duck season and really examine it from a whole perspective. And was most of it good? Well, if so maybe we should quit some of this complaining we're doing and, and, you know, getting uh, game and fish commissions involved and everything. And, and, but if, you know, I will say if it is a problem, we should, you know, address it, but we should just try to get a proper perspective on it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the negativity side of things is way overtook any objectivity, uh, you know, on these topics. Yeah. And I think all of us, whether it's the, you know, the na- the people that act more negative or all of us care about the waterfowl hunting community for the most part. And uh, I think that we're going to be a lot stronger with a lot less angry, judgmental condemnation of people that aren't doing things the way that we're doing it. I think it's just going to be a stronger group. I and mean, we, we need we need more waterfowl hunters. This is a a dying well, I don't know if it's dying, but the everything I've heard is that the numbers are going the wrong direction for the sport. And we want our grandchildren and our great grandchildren and our great great grandchildren to be doing this. It's not only going to be good for us, but we are the community. There's so many ducks because of the efforts of conservationists around the sport. And it would be a, a, tra- a tragedy but, uh, if there was less ducks, period. Whether, whether you're able to hunt them or not, but hunters are who push forward all of these 
conservation um, topic. So we, we just need to be stronger as a community and, and have less judgmental towards each other, be less judgmental well, if, towards each other. Well, if you believe the numbers, the sport's dying. I mean, we have half as many as we did in 1970. Like, it's not that hard to look at license sales and hip surveys. They ask you every year on your hip survey, did you hunt last year? Yes or no? It's very simple. So either somebody's lying, which, I mean, I'm open to hearing any, any you know, logic on that, but they report that we have half as many hunters as we did in 1970. I've seen the numbers. So, you know, the, the tactics that we're using to keep the sport alive is obviously not working. So maybe that YouTube will help with that. But I, and like you were just saying about bird numbers. Yeah, it is about bird numbers, but less than 1% of the U S population duck hunts, like right. less than a half percent. Yeah, so like, why should we get these tax dollars that go to create these wetlands? I mean, you know, some of the wetlands we hunt millions of dollars went into creating them. Yeah. Why right. should they allow, allocate that to us when only like half the half a percentage of the United States population is going to use it. I mean, in my opinion, we, the more people we got, the more people that love the sport, the better protected the sport's going to be, the better protected the resource is going to be, which is ducks and habitat. And it's just a win-win all the way around. I mean, I don't think ducks would, would be near successful as they are without $100. And with the constant downtrend, I think we should be doing anything that we can to get more public land access, more protection you know, from a government perspective, I just don't think it would take very much to sway the 99% against and make them anti-hunting. Most of them are just neutral. They don't care one way or the other. Right. There's only like 1% of us that really love it. So yeah, like, um, I'm just always mindful of that and trying to, to do anything I can to keep the sport going and grow it. Well, good point. Yeah. Well, thank you very much guys. Um, if you like the podcast and like what these guys are saying, make sure and check out Titus on Mid Valley Mercenaries channel on YouTube, MVM Show podcast, and Jake over at Chasing Green. Guys, I really appreciate you coming on here and having this discussion with me. I think it was valuable. Hopefully people will gain things from it. If you guys have any feedback, if you're listening, you have any feedback, um, feel free to contact me on Instagram at FreelanceDuckHunting or FreelanceDuckHunting at gmail.com. And uh, I would love to get your insight and thoughts on what all of this has been been saying maybe some of those will even make it into the comment of the week do you guys have anything else before we get out of here no thanks for having me on Elliot. yeah i appreciate it all right until next time you've listened to another episode of the north american waterfowler podcast that has the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western a mule there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv